Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey there, are you a Christian mom torn between your entrepreneurial dreams and the guilt of making money? Do you want God to be at the center of your business, but you're not sure how to really reconcile that with your drive to work and create a successful business at the same time? I know how challenging it can be to reconcile your faith with that desire for success. You want to help people make an impact in the world and experience financial success so that you can stay home with your kids and get paid doing the thing that you love and are called to do. But the emotions and mindset drama that come with this journey, this calling can be overwhelming and actually The mindset drama can be what's keeping you from fully experiencing the success that God intends for you. That's why I am thrilled to share with you the new beta coaching program that I'm opening up that is specifically designed for Christian moms like you who want to build profitable online businesses while keeping God at the center. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with options or struggling to find the balance between your faith and entrepreneurship or struggling with sales and money mindset and receiving money, this program is here to help you. It is designed for you. So I want you to imagine having the confidence to pursue your calling as an entrepreneur without feeling like you're compromising your beliefs. Picture yourself building a business rooted in biblical truth, serving others and making a meaningful impact. There are only five spots in this beta coaching program. So I want to invite you to come over and join the waitlist. Go to momwithacalling.com slash waitlist slash beta waitlist. Sorry, Uh, the link will be in the description below. And if by joining the waitlist, what this will mean is that you'll be one of the first to know you'll be the first to know when it opens. And again, there are only five spots. And so if you want one of those spots, you will have a chance first access at those a day before I release it out to everybody else. So again, this is a unique opportunity to really receive basically personalized uh, coaching and guidance because there's only going to be five people. So you're going to get a chance at really getting feedback, really getting that extra support. And it's going to be a community, a small community, but a community of like-minded Christian women that are on the same journey, all going through the same things. And you're going to leave with a transformed mindset that is going to allow you to now go after the things that God's put on your heart to do instead of feeling like you're always stuck and spitting your wheels. So don't let 
guilt or uncertainty, uncertainty hold you back any longer. Any of this mindset drama, it's got to get out of the way. It's time to embrace what God has called you to do and step into that so that you can experience the abundance and the success that God has for you. Again, waitlist, momwithercalling.com slash beta waitlist to join. All right. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Rachel Fernandez from the podcast From Stress to Refreshed. Love her podcast title. She is amazing. I love her energy. She's very um, just knowledgeable in this area. And what we're going to be talking about is understanding how your stress response and how we treat our bodies in like things that we do to our bodies that are stressful that we don't even realize and how this actually can really affect your productivity, your mindset and how you're showing up in your business. And it just blew my mind some of the things she was talking about. So I encourage you to listen to this. She's going to give some, you know, a lot of the science behind it, but it's not too deep. Um, But it's really, really powerful information. And then she's going to talk about some ways, some practical ways to really start making those changes so that you can actually um, see those improvements in your productivity and your thinking as an entrepreneur. So let's get into this episode with Rachel Fernandez. Welcome back to another episode of the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today, I have a guest on the show, Rachel Fernandez. And um, Rachel, a little bit about Rachel. She is a Jesus-loving, messy bun-wearing, work-at-home mom to two under three. Wow. After a lifetime of anxiety and stress affected her fertility and caused a devastating miscarriage and mental breakdown, she discovered the beauty of holistically healing her anxiety from the root. She now coaches other moms on how to heal their anxiety by nourishing their bodies, creating systems of self-care, and finding the joy of a faith mindset. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Alexia. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about how understanding our bodies and our stress response can increase our productivity and help us show up as calm, confident businesswomen and moms. I am definitely here for that. I think people listening are definitely going to benefit from this conversation So, um, because as we know, working from home, having a business, all of this stuff, even if you're still in your nine to five and trying to do the business, all of that just creates, like we all care about productivity and we also have this natural stress response, right? And so we, um, want to show up calm and confident. So before we, or as we're getting started here, um, start us off by telling us some of the signs that stress and anxiety are actually impacting our business and motherhood. Yeah. So I think that we're all, any mom is familiar with stress, but I think it's so important, like you said, and what I want to talk about today is being able to understand that there's simple things that we can all do that we're already doing. We can just optimize a certain way to help make us more stress resilient. So we can show up better in the stressful situations, you know, as moms, as businesswomen, especially if we're still working our jobs, like you said, we've got all of these plates just spinning. And that's a stress. That's that's a stressor. It's always going to be stressful. It, even just being a mom is stressful because you're taking care of tiny humans who are, you know, wild. Like you said, I have t- two under three at least until the end of this week. She turns three this week. But um, it's just stressful because we can't control we cannot control 
are tiny humans. And in a lot of ways, we can't control our businesses either. And I think, um, um, so I heard somebody explain anxiety or define anxiety once as worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. And I think that is such a perfect description because that's truly what stress and anxiety is. It's when we are worried about something that hasn't happened yet. And that's why it shows up so constantly in our businesses and our motherhoods, because we have tiny humans running around we can't control. We are worried about how they grow up, how we're, you know, making sure that they have the best that we can give them. And we're worried about how we're going to impact them. Our businesses, we can't control how it's going to, you know, function. Is it going to be successful? Are we going to make any money? Are we impacting the people we want to? And so all of that stress and anxiety, that's really where that comes from, the root of it. But the other thing is that we, our brains tend to attach to stress and anxiety much more easily when our bodies aren't getting what they need. And so when you are looking at how you're showing up in business or how you're showing up as a mom, the things that you need to look out for that indicate that stress is a part of your life or is taking more of an impact on you than, you know, it should be is, you know, are you um, forgetting to eat during the day? Are you, you know, lashing out at people around you? Are your kids driving you nuts? Like, are the littlest things setting you off? Is your business, are you having a really hard time focusing? Like, are you having a really hard time sitting down and getting things done because you're just overwhelmed with all of the options that you have out there? Is there, you know, are you having stuff like brain fog where you sit down to do something, you know what you want to work on, and then you're just struggling to come up with getting that actual task accomplished because your brain isn't working well? Um, what else? So, you know, you're not sleeping well at night. You're having issues with weight, whether that's not keeping weight on you. Basically, you're struggling in any way, shape or form on, on keeping a healthy weight, weight, whether you're too, you know, not holding on to weight or you're holding on to too much weight. Your body can't regulate that weight. Um, you are, you know, just craving. If you are craving certain foods, like in dealing with, you know, either sugar cravings a lot or, you know, cravings for chocolate or all these things that are just coming in and you're noticing a lot, that's an indication that stress is taking its toll. Um, And a lot of these things that was really just so powerful in my life for me to learn was that there were ways I could fuel my body and support my body that would help decrease the way I showed up stressed and anxious in my life, which I had always just thought, okay, I'm going to be stressed and anxious my whole life because that's just who I am. Like I've always dealt with anxiety. But what I realized was, is that no, this, I've just had a history of not giving my body what it needed for so long that that's just a natural cycle that my body's gotten into because my hormones are out of whack. You know, my brain is is starving for certain nutrients that it hasn't gotten in a long time. Um, other, you know, historical health things that I had done, like all of these things were impacting my body and my brain and making my brain much more, those pathways much more like solidified into having a stressful response to certain things where the smallest things were overwhelming too stressful for me to deal with. I was lashing out at people around me. And by kind of going back to what am I missing? What can I give my body to help start building what I like to call stress resiliency? And it's give it the ability to show up in those stressful situations and actually be able to perform and and see, yeah, this is stressful, but I'm okay. And I'm going to be able to show up and handle it the best way I can. And it's not going to completely derail my day. Well, I feel I feel like you just like named so many things that I've gone through or am literally going through. And so many people I'm sure that are listening going, 
wait a minute, that sounds like me. And what strikes me as, because I feel like it's a lot, like it's almost like a, because I think that a lot of times, like I personally would think that these signs, these things, and I mean, there is mindset work to do, right? Like I love talking about mindset, but it almost, you know, a lot of times we can do mindset work or we can, um, you know, still be like have, you know, praying and, and journaling and all the things, but we're still facing these things and we can start to beat ourselves up think that it's something wrong with us. Like, why aren't you just, you know, walking in the spirit more? Why don't you just have more peace? Like what is wrong with you? So I feel like this is sort of earth shattering or something like to me, at least, I mean, people might know this, but I feel like it's, you know, we hear about like nourishing our body for the sake of health and feeling better, but thinking about it in terms of affecting our mood, our productivity, like you said, our stress, anxiety, like the fact that our body will attach more to stress and anxiety. I'm just like thinking, man, this is the answer to so many things that a lot of us deal with. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what was so earth shattering to me when I realized it is that we don't have to live like this. And I think we don't realize how much stress impacts our bodies because God has designed our bodies absolutely beautifully. And yes, mindset and, and spending time with the Lord is so, so, so important, but he's also designed our brains to work a certain way. He's designed our hormones to, fu to function a certain way. He's designed, you know, our sleep, our circadian rhythms, which are also hormonal based. Like all of these things play in and off of each other and are so connected. And when we talk about health in our society today, that is just not focused on very much in that stuff like stress comes in and tells your body it's not safe. When your body perceives any kind of stressor, and the thing is we talk about stress like, okay, yeah, I'm worried about my business or my kids are stressing me out. Stress is also not feeding yourself enough. Stress is also not eating the foods that are giving your body the nutrients it needs. Stress is also diet culture where we told ourselves that we need to cut our calories so we're not eating enough food for us women. You know, we cut carbs because we're scared of carbs. Well, carbs are actually needed for your hormones to function. Mm -hmm. um, like all of these things, working out too hard, going in like this whole hit workout thing that we tell women, like go, you need to be going to the gym just to decrease your calories. That's not it at all. If you're stressed out, if your body is in a stressed state, it feels scared. It is not, it does not feel safe and it is doing the best it can to balance that out. And that's where I emphasize my clients so often is that we come at whether it's our weight or our hormone issues, you know, for us, you know, for me, hormones became very, very front of mind when we were trying to get pregnant and we were struggling and it was like, what's wrong with me? What's, why is my body broken? The truth is my body isn't broken. Your body isn't broken. You know, the mama listening, your body isn't broken. Your body is actually doing the absolute best it can to balance itself with the tools that it has on hand. And often tools are very, very limited because we have been told things that are not good for our bodies. We have not been taught how our bodies are designed by God and how everything plays off of each other. And we are not taught the importance of decreasing the stressors that we have control over to build stress resiliency, to really give ourselves the foundational systems and put things in place that help build up that stress resiliency to your body feels safe and is able to balance better. And so whenever you look at something like for me, you know, I've had a very long history of dealing with weight issues. And when I look back on all that stuff, it was just my body like struggling to do its best to balance. And even now, like post kids, like when we have 
we are pregnant, when we have kids, pregnancy is a humongous stressor on our bodies. Mm -hmm. And we are not taught in this culture at all the importance of preparing for pregnancy before you even get pregnant. Like how many nutrients and minerals your body is going to take for that baby and preparing for that. Doing that while you're while you are pregnant, the importance of that. I mean, we talk more about like being careful about weight gain with pregnancy rather than are you getting the nutrients that your body needs and that your baby needs. And then mm -hmm. postpartum, don't even get me started on postpartum anxiety and depression being so correlated to mineral de like deficiencies because we're coming out of an extremely stressful state. Our bodies are super super stressed out, and there's no emphasis on. Feeding the mother in those first few months after having a baby, taking care of her, you know, coming around her as a community, helping us get past. No, it's like, you know, six weeks, get back to your job. Like you need to be up and running. You need to be cleaning your house. You need to be doing all of these things. There's no sense of community. Stress, 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 stress. And um, what I think, and, and that sometimes, like I also encourage my clients, like do not feel overwhelmed with the fact that you do actually have control on what you put on your put in your body and how you can de how you can start building the stress resiliency because it doesn't have to be overwhelming what we want to do is just start shifting our minds and mindset to understanding that our bodies are not broken they are beautifully designed by god and there are things that you can start doing right now today slowly build on those things to start just giving back your body what it needs to start kind of regulating and to me, it was a breath of fresh air. Like you said, Alexia, like it, to me, it was like, it blew my mind. I was like, what? I have, I have control over this stuff. I can actually, I'm just minerally, you know, I can give myself minerals and eat more nutrient dense and be better about like, you know, sleeping well and, and focusing on all of these things. It's going to help me like deal with stress better. Like I don't have to be this anxious, crazy person forever. <laughs> it was mind boggling. And, um, it just, I don't, it brings so much freedom in a way when we understand that our bodies are beautiful and God has designed us so beautifully. And when we start understanding what that means and the things that we can do to kind of help just show up more powerfully in life. I love that. And that's true about the, yeah, I feel like when I, I only have one child, but I remember that it was like, there wasn't, yeah, a lot of information, a lot of, I guess, communication about taking care of our bodies while pregnant but then after you're pregnant it's like forget you where's the baby <laughs> and I mean I get it the baby's amazing but it was just sort of like yeah like you said just get back at it and I think we do that with everything that we're doing with with business with even as moms with the kids running around like we're expected to carry so much especially when you come home um I, I say especially it's just I, say, I shouldn't say it's just different like you either have a job and there's a whole lot to do there and still try to manage the home but when I came home, one of it was just such a shock to me of how to manage the 5 million things that go into managing a home that I really wasn't doing before, at least not as much because we weren't really in our home since we were all working and gone. My son was at daycare. And um, so, yeah, and like recognizing that this is a um, stress and anxiety response. And I think like you're saying, there's habits that come along with that. And we just keep plowing through trying to like work harder, work harder to have this success. And we're not even thinking about taking care of ourselves. So what are the foundational areas that women should focus on to start reducing this stress and healing our bodies and healing that anxiety? So I, I like to talk about the foundational five, just so that everyone is aware of the areas that you have the opportunity to pour into to build that stress resiliency. Now I'm going to talk about these foundational five. 
I never encourage someone to focus on all of them at once. What I'm going to do is talk about them and then we're going to kind of break down like how do you look at those things in your life and what's the best way for you to kind of approach starting to build your stress resiliency. So just keep that in mind. Um, but the foundational five are really just the five major areas of our life that that um, that our bodies kind of need or rely on to be able to determine whether it's safe or not. First, nourishment. Nourishment is probably the easiest way to start building stress resiliency just because so much stress is a result of having nutrient deficiencies. And so when we start nourishing our bodies with nutrient-dense food and making sure, you know, we're eating in a way that makes our body feel safe. That can do a lot um, in a short period of time to start kind of helping your body feel safe. So nourishment is one. Rest is another. So are we sleeping enough? Are we taking breaks um, You know, from whatever we are doing? Are we giving our ta- ourselves time to you know, step back, give that space to ourselves, really creating space in our lives to be able to handle all of the things that we have? Are we just rushing from one thing to another? So rest is really, really important. Um, and then you've got movement. How are we moving our bodies? Are we on an exercise system or feel like we need to be on an exercise system that's actually causing more stress? Are we working out in a way that's causing more stress in our body? Or are we not moving at all and we're completely sedentary? And so our body is not able to get that movement out, whether that be a quick walk or playing with our kids or just dancing it out to some music with our children. Like, what are we doing with our bodies to celebrate the movement that God has given us? How are we you know, out and interacting with our world to appreciate the things that he's put in front of us. Um, So movement number three, Uh, number four is environment. What are we doing in our lives? And a lot of this is lifestyle. Like what are we interacting with every day that's either causing stress or helping us reduce it? What can we kind of shift in our environment, whether that's toxins that we're encountering every day in our home too much stuff, clutter, you know, too much stuff that we're just dealing with where it's just causing so much decision fatigue on our everyday lives. Um, Are we putting too much on our plate with our businesses? Are we putting too much on our plate with our jobs? Like with our motherhood, like how are we showing up? How are we working with the people in our lives to help create a lifestyle of um, calm and being able to show up? And yes, like I've said, like we've both talked about, motherhood is stressful. Like you come home, even working from home, like you have even that much more to deal with. Like it's always going to be stressful, but what do we have control over where we can limit that stress in our environments? And then the fifth, of course, is mindset. It's so, so, so important that we are, you know, staying close to the Lord, bringing our cares to him. And that part really does matter. It it plays a huge role in our mindset and how we're perceiving the threats in our life. And like I said, like building up those other foundations are going to help your brain be able to look at an issue and say, okay, I can still be thankful for this or um, only look at it from like a victim mentality. All of that stuff is very, very important um, and plays into that. So those are really the five foundational areas that we're looking at in our lives on how do we create this whole picture of, you know, Alexia? How do we create this whole picture of Alexia where her foundational five, what is she doing in her life that are, we're really looking at all those areas and saying, how do we make these areas cause less stress as opposed to adding stress into our lives. And um, like I said, we're not attacking all of these at once ever. But the best thing to do is just look at it and say, okay, what am I doing? And what am I doing well? Like maybe you're a really great sleeper. Maybe your kids are a little older. I still co-sleep. So that's just like not on my horizon right now, generally. <laughs> but 
like, what can I optimize? For me, like, I love sleep. And so one of the things I've done recently is like, I was like, oh, I'm getting my eight hours, but my kid just keeps me up at night and I'm tired. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed earlier. It's hard. It requires me to be really committed to that bedtime and like do the best I can throughout the rest of my day to make sure that that happens. And it's not the easiest thing in the world. But when I do, it makes a world of difference to get that extra hour because I know I'm going to be up a couple of times at night. And so that for me was easy. It was like, okay, I like sleeping. How do I adjust? How do I make a little adjustment just to optimize what, you know, one area that's going well? If you're, you know, you eat pretty healthy, Look at some, look at one way you can add some more nutrient dense stuff into your, you know, your life. Or maybe you, one of the easiest things, if you have never done anything with like toxins, just go find some cleaning solutions that like swap out your clean, your toxic cleaning solutions for some vinegar or something like mm -hmm. those little, little things like making small shifts, you'll start seeing a difference. And as you just slowly shift things, you know, in one area and just start optimizing one area, you'll figure out that the other ones kind of are like dominoes too, where you just start building on that foundation one at a time. I love that because like you're saying, it's that it's a holistic approach to this, but it's, it just seems so simple yet. Like you said, cause my mind was like, let's tackle them all. But, and that's probably the tendency of a lot of people, but like you're saying, like, we don't need to try to, cause it, it'll get overwhelming, like making all those changes in all those different areas um, can be a lot, but like you said, taking like an assessment of where we are right now and saying, you know, I know that in this area, either the thing that's affecting me the most, or, um, you know, something that feels simple just to start seeing that, um, that difference. So since we're not just focused on all of them, where is the best place that we can start creating habits to decrease anxiety? Yeah. And I think it's it's always hard because this is such a personal thing to look at. It really depends on your life. Um, but I I will say one of the first steps that everybody should always do is it, like I said, the bottom line is to we want to create safety for your body. We want your body to feel safe. And so what can we do to start doing that? One of the things that um, you know, coaches that I listen to very often are Josh and Jeannie Rubin, and they're amazing. And one of the things they really encourage their people to do is to find a cue of safety to do every single day, whether that is five minutes of like laying on the floor because it just feels good to your body <laughs> and it's just, you know, a time for you to just take some deep breaths and like or even just take deep breaths, or maybe it's a walk after one of your meals, or maybe it's just playing with your kids outside, going outside, being in nature. If you have, you know, going out in the yard, taking some time to just be outside if the weather is nice. Um, but really trying to find something in your life that's a cue of safety, whether that could even be just eating breakfast, <laughs> like um, all of those things. But finding some kind of cue of safety you can start incorporating daily. It doesn't have to be longer than like five minutes. Um, but the other thing I really, really encourage women to do, because I think a lot of us tend to focus on, feeding our families and we're not great at feeding ourselves is making sure that you are eating breakfast within 30 minutes to an hour of waking. It is very, very, very important to your body as it's coming back online from fasting all night and having all of the functions that it's doing overnight to wake up in the morning and it's immediately trying to figure out how this day is going to go. Your hormones are coming back online. Your stress hormones are coming back online in the morning, which are really, really important for us. But most of us have had them programmed into this high stress response for so long that they're in this just fight or flight mode all the time. One of the quickest ways to start indicating to your body that it is safe 
is to start fueling it in the morning. Now, I have some podcast episodes on this. Like it's not something you want to just start eating a giant breakfast if you're not used to eating breakfast, but it's just really kind of looking at, are you eating at all? If you're not eating breakfast at all within 30 minutes to an hour, start small. You always, 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 when you fuel yourself, anytime you have a snack, a meal, anything, you want to have a well-balanced snack because that's what your body needs to actually use the nutrients that you're eating. You need carbs, you need fat, and you need protein. And so if you are starting out and you don't, you don't eat breakfast, start with something small like a yogurt or a cottage cheese or, you know, some gelatin gummies or even just like a cup of bone broth or something that has kind of all of those things in it just to start teaching your body food is coming today. We are not in a stress state. I am prioritizing your nutrient, um, your nutrient stores. And that's going to start signaling to your body that it is safe. Do not start your day with a cup of coffee. <laughs> like, and I know that this is going to trigger some people, okay? Because I love my coffee. Don't take my coffee away. But when you are stressed or you're dealing with a stressful situation, you're waking up and the first thing you're giving your body is caffeine with no other nutrients, you are supercharging your stress response by either not eating breakfast, by both not eating breakfast and giving it, you know, a stimulant. And so the best thing you can do is start shifting that to how do I feed myself as quickly as possible in a way that's balanced and putting your coffee after you eat, after you eat a solid meal. (laughs) So um, really those are kind of where you focus. And like I said, it needs to be gradual. Everything is personal. If that's too hard for you, find something else. Cue of safety, start sleeping more. I mean, just take stock of what your capacity is for healing right now and don't push yourself beyond that. I mean, it, it, it goes to, it's the same thing as like, if we're trying to lose weight, one, most of us need to actually address our stress before we ever try to lose weight because losing weight is just an additional stressor on our body. Um, but if you look at losing weight and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go gangbusters and I'm going to do all of these things to change everything that I'm doing. And it's all going to be completely different. Your body's like, what in the heck is going on? Like, I'm mm-hmm. scared now and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, couldn't, could, um, I'm not going to collaborate with you it's because I'm terrified of what is happening. Mm-hmm. So we always want to kind of have that idea of like slow and gradual always wins the race. Slow shifts, slow steps, um, little things here and there are also really important for our mindset because they start building your confidence and they start building your ability to listen to your body, to see what's going on in your in your environment. But really that cue of safety, finding a cue of safety to do, whether that's journaling, prayer, you know. Uh, taking some deep breaths occasionally, you know, at a certain part of your day that you know is super stressful, or um, taking a walk outside, or really focusing on starting to fuel yourself in the morning first thing, can make a really really big difference. I think that what I'm hearing is, like I said before, but I just think this is so important because I know I've personally experienced this, and I just wonder it's like a spiral. But thinking that these things. It's like we're doing things without even realizing that we're triggering our own stress response and anxiety when we're trying to, we're thinking that we're doing the right thing. And like I said, we're also, it's like a mindset thing um, in a negative way, meaning it makes, it brings on shame. It's like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you getting it together? Like it just all keeps like amplifying, magnifying the problem. And so it sounds like some of these things, like, like when you said eat as soon as you can, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times people are like they have the idea that if they don't eat um, or they wait as long as possible, they're kind of doing like that intermittent fasting or they are, um, you know, doing their body better. Like if, if they wait because they're going to consume less calories. So it sounds like there's some of these things maybe from diet culture 
that are affecting us. So what are some of the lies that we've been taught by diet culture that actually seem to increase our anxiety and stress and how we're showing up? Gosh, I could talk about this for days. Um, (laughs) So yes, like intermittent fasting is super popular right now. Um, but it's actually so, so stressful to our bodies, especially as women in our hormones. And the thing is, is that often, like, let's just look at intermittent fasting itself, like, or keto diet where you're cutting out all your carbs. A lot of people feel, can start feeling good, like at the beginning, like they will feel. And the reason they feel good is because your cortisol is like off the charts, which is one of your stress hormones. The thing is cortisol actually makes you feel good until it doesn't Mm -hmm. because it does have a slightly inflammatory inflammatory like it'll help decrease some of your inflammation initially like and so like you you might feel better at first but what you're doing is teaching your body that it's super super stressed and most of us are coming from you know a history of decades of stressors on our body, whether it's birth control pills or, you know, pregnancies or diet culture, you know, where we're, we've done yo-yo dieting our whole lives. So we've just like never really had a good grasp of what is healthy, what is good food, what is nutrient dense, where it's always been about what is my weight, not how am I fueling myself. Um, so we're looking at, you know, look at looking at intermittent fasting or keto where carbs are bad. Carbs are not bad. Most of us probably have some issues with dealing with carbs because our blood sugar is out of whack from so many things that we've done. And so it does need to be approached very specifically, but they're not bad. They actually are needed for our hormones. Our thyroid is very, very dependent upon carbs to be able to function and to create the things that it needs. Um, so that's another thing. And then like when we look at diet culture and it's, it's, it's dependent or it's highlighting of the fact of like calories are the only thing that matter. no, that's not true. <laughs> like, yes, most of us have have looked at food as how do I decrease, how do I eat the least amount possible and still not like want to tear somebody's arm off because I'm starving. Mm-hmm. That is not the approach that we need to take. Calories are not bad. In fact, most of us are probably eating too little on most days of the week. The reason so many of us end up, at least for me in my history, have ended up in like this restrict binge cycle is because our bodies are st- starving. They are starving for nutrients because we're eating crap food. They're starving for just calories and energy period because we're like not giving them any carbs, which is the easiest way for them to create energy. Or, you know, we're just not eating enough. <laughs> like there's just not enough food there for us to for us to actually fuel the the things that we need to do. And so our body and our brain go into survival mode of like, I am going to create balance any possible way I can. And the best way I can do that is by sending craving signals to you constantly that you are hungry or that you want some sugar. Because guess what? Sugar is really easy for your body to run on. Now, Mm -hmm. don't go out and eat a bunch of sugar because if your blood sugar (laughs) is off, then it's like, it's not going to handle it that well. But your brain is doing everything it can just to get food in your body. And so your brain is 100% focused on how do I get this person to eat more, which is why so many of us have been on these diet cycles where we're like restricting our calories, but then we're binging on the weekends because we're starving, like we're starving. Um, And so those are kind of where diet culture comes in and it's all about what is your weight, not how are you feeling, not what is your stress, what is your lifestyle look like? How are you creating a, 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 a stress resilient environment for yourself where your body says, I feel safe 
Now let's look at optimizing how we're eating. Let's look at how much we're eating. Let's look at when we're eating. Um, again, diet culture with the intermittent fasting is all about like, oh yeah, eat in a small window. Actually, for our hormones and for our um, just the way that our circadian rhythms work and all of those things, our blood sugar, our liver, especially for those of us who have any kind of blood sugar issues, um, which you don't need to be diabetic to have blood sugar issues. Most of us probably have blood sugar issues. That's why the low carb diet can seem to work initially because your body does not handle carbs very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're looking at that kind of stuff, that means your liver is not storing um, glucose or storing glycogen well, which is what your liver needs to do to be able to help you maintain, you know, if you're not eating the way you have energies, your liver is going to send that, that stored glucose to your body. People um, like me who've done various diets and I've done all, I've done it all keto, intermittent fasting, like restrict the calories, all the things. Um, when we look at that, our, my body no longer can handle that stuff very well. So my liver is not good at storing glucose. It's not good at storing energy. And most of us are in this camp. That means that making sure I have regular fuel at regular intervals throughout the day is extremely important for my body to feel safe. Because if it's not getting those calories in and getting those that that you know that input of energy, it's struggling to take energy from from elsewhere. It's going to start breaking down my body, um, and it's going to start breaking down your body <laughs> if you're the same way. You know, like if you're listening to this and you you know have ever felt like if you eat you know, a carb, like it automatically goes to your hips. There's a reason for that. It's not because your body is broken. It's not because carbs are bad. It's because your body is doing its best to balance the best way that it can. And so all of these diet culture myths all go back to, like I said, we have missed the mark. We are only focused on how do we look, not how we feel. We are only focused on what is what is the number on the scale, not how does my body feel? Is my body feeling safe? Am I putting the things in place that make my body feel safe right now so that it can actually start balancing in a way that's healthy and is going to, you know, stay in place for a long time? It should not be difficult for us to maintain healthy weights. That is a normal function of our bodies. It is very easy for our bodies to do when our bodies are getting what they need. And so that's just, you know, another signal that you're dealing with stress and that your body feels not safe and is stressed Mm -hmm. out because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, yes, calories do matter. Of course, if I eat 4,000 calories, I'm going to gain weight versus, you know, if I eat a thousand calories, I'm going to be skinnier. Like that's true. But when your body is good at using those calories, at using those foods, it's not going to feel the need to fit, send you out on crazy cravings. You're going, it's going to understand that food is coming. It's going to understand that nutrient dense food that it can use is coming, all of those things. So um, those are just a few diet myths. Like I said, I could probably spend hours and hours and hours <laughs> talking about this because I'm very passionate about it. Well, and that it just, it's fascinating um, because I know that they've done research studies, right? Where the, I mean, animals will self-regulate. They don't overeat unless you do some genetic modifications and things. And they will, you know, they've tried to understand why people overeat. And so there, you know, there can be some of that, but what I'm hearing, I guess, like you said, like that final piece is that when we start to gain weight or something, we need to be going, it should be a signal of like, whoa, something's happening instead of, oh, cut back. It's like, we just perpetuate that cycle. And, um, and like, we're like, it just, it just causes this crazy problem. But as you were talking, I was thinking about grad school and call like college and then go to grad school or like law school or medical school or whatever, like school. And then even, even a job, but I feel like school, like in particular for me, 
grad school was like this constant state of anxiety, but I didn't, and stress, but I didn't see it that way. I just was like, this is hard. I need to keep going. And, you know, oh my, I just would eat tons of food. And unfortunately for me, around the corner from my lab was a coffee shop with like frappuccinos and brownies. So I would often go there and not really understanding why I was wanting to go there, right? Like not understanding that I was trying to fix a stressful situation. I was just like, I need to eat this. And then feeling bad, beating myself up. And then I'm back there eating it again, right? Instead of saying, okay, I'm not taking care of myself and even seeing it then. And so what I'm wondering, or, or, you know, if you could touch on this a little bit, and I've heard a friend talk about this. It's like, we basically get addicted to stress. Like the, because I was in grad school for six years doing that, then I come out of that and then try to have normal life. <laughs> um, it's like, every time there's a stress response, I've noticed this. I will find myself in the kitchen. And I'm like, why am I? And I've, you know, I've tried to start changing that um, response. But I mean, of course, they're like all the things you're talking about here. But then also, is that a thing that's real? Do we get addicted to stress and like the habits that we've like created to cope with that without even realizing it? 100%. Yes, absolutely. And I was the same way in school. I was the same way as a, when I was working at a big firm as a lawyer, like it was just like, the thing is your body when it's under stress is depleting nutrients and fuel rapidly. So when we are in those stressful responses, your body is going through calories, it's going through nutrients, it's going through minerals at a an exorbitant rate. And so when the reason we want to eat when we are stressed is because our bodies need it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we actually do need the fuel. We need the nutrients. We need the minerals. And so it's doing whatever it can to get that into us, the energy. Um, and so that's totally normal. And it is 100% normal to be addicted to stress hormones. I can tell you right now, having gone to this work at home lifestyle, like transitioning from college and then law school and then a big law firm that I was working at when I was younger. And it's like before kids and just like, I mean, I would pull 20. I mean, I, I know you've talked about this too, like with research, like 20, 24 hour days, 18 hour days, like no big deal. And I was just killing myself with all the work. Mm-hmm. And but I was really good at my job. Like when I was in that mode, oh man, I could crank some stuff out. And the truth is, is like, yeah, the reason that it works is because let's think about it for a second. Your body was designed to be able to respond to threats very well. If a tiger is chasing you, you need to be opt. You need to be thinking as quickly as possible. You need to be moving as quickly as possible. It needs to be able to mobilize everything it possibly can to help you respond to that so that you can survive. The problem is our bodies are now doing this for things like grad school or (laughs) the deadline on Friday or the email that just came in from our boss or the business that we really want to, you know, succeed and go off the ground. And the problem is, is that we are not looking at it as giving ourselves time to recuperate from, think about it. We run, we escape the tiger. We then rat, relax, we rest, we're gone. Like the tiger's gone. We don't have to worry about it anymore our, you know, our nervous system is able to come back offline. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us have been so used to this cortisol and adrenaline that does help us focus. It does help us, you know, work really well. We are addicted to it. It's very easy for us, our bodies to get into that mode. I have even had to deal with like, why am I procrastinating? Well, the truth of the matter is my brain knows I work a lot better when I procrastinate and have a deadline that I'm stressed out about, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. is that good for me health wise? Heck no, but my brain is super like hardwired into knowing that that's an easy thing for me to accomplish things, right? And there's a lot of other stuff that goes in all that. So in answer to your question, 
100% we do get addicted to stress hormones. And the reason we're binge eating and stuff when we're stressed out is because our bodies actually do need the fuel. And what the best thing we can do is start, you know, being proactive about how are we preparing ourselves so that when those stressful events hit, our bodies do have really good stores there. And we know how to pour in to just fill that up a little bit more where we're not coming at the stressful response from such a depleted state that we're just getting further and further and further and further in that deficit where we can start rebuilding that foundation, rebuilding those stores so that when the stressful event happens, yeah, it's depleting us, but we know how to come back in and kind of help our body relax, recover, recuperate, and we're able to build space into our lives that'll actually allow us to do that. I love um, the thought that you were talking about earlier too, about like you're saying, it's like, you know, this is how God made our bodies. And we just kind of learned to kind of, like you said, to kind of hijack that system. But I just keep thinking too, that wouldn't, isn't this just like a spiritual strategy of the enemy to just get us all so stressed out? Because I'm just thinking about, um, how prayer and just meditation, like pausing, meditating on God, God's word, just like that kind of calming ourselves back down. We feel so busy and we're running, running, running that there's so many, obviously keeping our distraction us distracted from God, but also just allowing us to calm back down. And, um, that it's, it's like this subtle slash, not so subtle, <laughs> like spiritual attack on all of us too, where we can't show up as the the humans were even meant to show up as, um, let alone, you know, doing business or being a mom because of these things that are happening. So I just think that it's all connected and it's, um, it created me like this kind of righteous, like anger a little bit of like, ah, like the, and I'm sure this is why you do what you do, um, to teach people this because it's so important. It's misunderstood and, or not even understood at all, especially, um, for, I feel like for those of us who are like just used to plowing through and we don't even think that this this is even part of it. So I just love that you came on the show today to talk about this. So um, how can people learn more about you, your coaching, uh, connect with you if they want to learn more? Where can they find you? Yeah, so I, I talk about this a lot in my podcast, the Stress to Refresh podcast is where I share a lot of this, go a little bit more in depth in some of the things that we're talking about. Um, I've got some freebies. You can, I always tell people like, I've got two really great freebies that are a great place to start. If you are just wondering kind of what in your life is the best place for you. I've got one that's eight daily habits. If you look at kind of the eight daily habits to reduce stress, I always encourage people look at those habits, find one that seems the easiest for you to just start with um, and just start kind of incorporating it. Or I have an eat to curb stress cheat sheet that really goes into kind of the four main ways we should eat in a way to actually reduce our stress as opposed to adding more stress into our body. And so I encourage people to look at that too and say, what's the easiest way for me to kind of adjust something to fit onto what these, what the way to eat in a way that's going to reduce stress to look at either one of those. So those are free downloads that you can check out. And then I also offer, I offer stress coaching. I um, have stress strategy sessions where I really sit down with you and my whole goal is to help you start understanding your body better so that you are able to take control of your stress response and start building your own stress resiliency. Because as I've mentioned, as I've talked here, you know, with Alexia, your stress, your body, your environment, your lifestyle is all very, very personal to you. How you build stress resiliency is going to be different from me, from Alexia, from the person next to you. Like, it's very, very personal. 
My goal is to help you start understanding what you should be looking at and where you have the capacity for healing and start digging into that for you so that you can take that and continue to heal on your own. Um, So those, you know, those coaching sessions are really, really fun just to kind of open your eyes to like the capacity that you have for healing is so much greater than you think. And it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to just be adding more onto your plate. Mm -hmm. We don't want to just add more onto our plates to de-stress, right? Like, which I think is sometimes what we get kind of sucked into with the world. Like it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you needed more self-care, you know, more time to do this. You need to be doing more breath work and more tapping and all of the stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. We need to take a personal approach. What's your lifestyle? What do you have the capacity for? And what's going to be a simple shift that's going to just get you momentum to start building on that going, um, going down the road. So you can book one of those with me too. But those are the places I am. I am located. Okay. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. I think, is it, is it a specific, is it your website? Like where can they connect there? So I, it's not on my website. It's just a, um, it's just an opt-in form. So you'll okay. see it, uh, it. I think it's like whatever the link is, takes you to the opt-in. You can put in your email address and grab it and it'll send it to your email. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for this conversation today. It was really great talking with you. It was great to be here. Thanks, Alexia. Thanks for listening to the Mama with the Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawiththecalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.